2: Eddie Gross, Aaron Hawksworth with you. Joe Ostrowski on vacation for a couple weeks. Is he in the pool? What is he doing? Well, he's not a part of off the board. I know that. And he's missing out because, I mean, James Harden, gosh. The divorce is looking quite bad now between James Harden and the Sixers. I was just reading this tweet from Shams, Shams, Shams. How do you pronounce his name? Shams. James? Shams. Shams. Okay, there you go. Shams. Yeah. James Harden, quote, Daryl Morey is a liar, and I will never be a part of an organization that he's a part of. Let me say that again. Daryl Morey is a liar, <laughs> and I will never be part of an organization that he's part of. Okay, so Harden, you've never told a lie a day in your life, and you've got this pristine background? Okay. But yeah, this is like, but now it's getting weird, right? Like Mm -hmm. they're just going after each other. He wants out. He's not going to show up to training camp. What do you make of this situation?
1: It was a Woj bomb over the weekend when it was reported James Harden and potential trade talks with the Clippers had broken down. And so James Harden supposed to go uh, to camp and basically be a sixer one more time and we will forget any of this ever happened. Well, apparently the one person who's not forgetting it is James Harden. And it's fascinating to me because this is a relationship that's lasted a long time going back to the Houston Rockets. I don't know why it's deteriorated like this. I mean, there's so many unknowns, and you can't help but think if you're coming out and saying these negative things about Maury that perhaps this is affecting your draft or your trade value. If the Clippers are getting someone who is always unhappy, then that could very well be a problem as far as meshing with the rest of your superstars. I get that, you know... Maybe, uh, you know, Paul George and and company, maybe they really do want uh, James Harden because he feels like he's that missing piece to to making the Clippers a a true contender. But if, if he's this unhappy and, you know, he's getting older, then this is something that could very well affect how other teams look at him and analyze him.
2: Maybe that's what I need to call the Clippers the misfits because that is what they are becoming. All these disgruntled guys. It's like, oh, are they cool with Teron Lou? Sure, come on board. Things haven't been working out here in LA for us. They are 10 to 1 to win the Western Conference. I don't think the Clippers are going to be able to beat the Nuggets and 18 to 1 to win it all. There is not enough value on the Clippers at 18 to want to win a championship to me, Ed.
1: The ceiling, I get, you know, Kawhi later in company, if everybody's healthy, I get that that ceiling is really, really high. And, you know, to an extent, it should be. The problem is we've seen Denver put it all together, and that's fine. We know that Phoenix is capable of putting it all together. You love the moves they made this offseason. Like, they've really been growing on me, uh, especially with uh, Frank Vogel as head coach now. So those are mm-hmm. two teams right away in the west that look like absolute juggernauts right now. And we haven't even talked about the you Warriors. You got the Mavericks are, or the Mavericks.
2: Yeah. I mean, the Mavericks, we didn't talk about Luka. the Lakers
1: either. Or the yeah, Lakers, exactly. exactly. Like that's five teams that we just rattled off the top of our heads where we go, "All right, there is a superstar on that team. They can that superstar that superstar can carry that team uh, you know, offensively and perhaps even defensively." And you have the Clippers with all these unknowns where health is just such a massive concern. There's a lot that you have to go through in order to find that path for the Clippers to make it work. They're a playoff team. Absolutely they are. And they could Mm -hmm. get a high seed, but they got to be healthy when it matters the most. And we just haven't seen that yet.
2: Well, if you had to guess, is this going to be the year they are healthy and put things together. I mean, what happens to T Lou at some point? I mean, do they continue Mm -hmm. down this road with him? I mean, it's just like, gosh, it reminds me of Herbert actually and the chargers. (laughs) It's that other team that you're just, they have it all, but can't put it together.
1: Very Los Angeles centric as far as that goes. Right. I, Mm -hmm. I, you know, that's the thing is, they, they love Tyloo, and, you know, how could you not? I mean, he's done more with less uh, than a lot of coaches out there. And I think, for the most part, he's still highly respected within the league. So I, I look at what he's done, and, and I go, I, I don't know how much you can blame or how much blame he's supposed to take in, I suppose. I mean, you look at what the Clippers put, put out there in that first-round playoff series against the Suns. The fact that some of these games were still competitive when Russell Westbrook was having to drop more than 40 points, that to me was still impressive. Like, that's still a great coaching, uh, you know, seminar, I suppose, more than anything else. So, you know, what's my outlook for the Clippers? I don't know how much James Harden really moves the needle for me. Uh, Certainly, he gets a lot of attention. uh, But at the same time, you know, like we said, the West is still mighty, mighty scary and there are teams we didn't even bring up where you go, wow, there's a lot of reason for optimism there. And the Clippers is the same problems.
2: Yeah. So what, what do you think happens circling back to Philly? They got to find a way to move Harden now, right?
1: <laughs> I, I don't know what you do there. I, I just don't know because we've seen Harden pitch enough of a hissy fit uh, like, like that one year when he was with the Rockets, where he came in out of shape, overweight, et cetera, et cetera. Does he do that again and sort of forces the Sixers hands? It, you know, it's one of those deals where if that happens, then, okay, even more of the offensive load is put on Joel Embiid's shoulders. That should be a bit of a concern. If they do move him, then maybe you lose some value. And so the Sixers kind of lose out on whatever trade is out there in all likelihood, they're, they're put in a really bad spot, and I, I almost feel for them in a way. You, you expect this to at least be this, you know, the situation where there's some equity involved, and that just may not be the case. Again, you make a head coaching change. You, you do, you know, you, make, you move the right pieces and, you know, the last trade deadline and all this stuff, but for some reason, it just can't seem to work over there. Let's
2: listen to James Harden on Maury.
0: Morey is a liar and I would never be a part of an organization that he's part of. say said again, Daryl Morey is a liar and I would never be a part of an organization that he's a part
2: of." The reaction from the crowd.
0: I yeah, mean, right. it
2: kind of feels like yes. we're going to see James Harden in Vegas during training camp. I can't believe by the way, it's almost NBA training camp. I mean, yeah, right. that is wild. The time is flying. Summer league wasn't yeah, that it, far ago. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it seems like Harden's just going to do whatever he wants at this point. How much does he even have left in the tank? I mean, we saw him turn it on in the playoffs, but he's just one of those guys that turns it on and off. He'll give the kind of effort when he feels like it you've made so much money. Why are you even still playing? If you're not all in and you're going to be calling people liars and whining and wanting a new team, it's just, it feels like deja vu, really.
1: Right. And isn't Daryl Morey the one person who should understand James Harden? And shouldn't that, you know, working relationship uh, be as close as possible by this point? Like I know they've worked together for a really long time, but it's one of those deals where, if that deteriorates, you know, where's the hope in humanity in general? It, maybe not that extreme, but it is something where you go, mm-hmm. if that can't work, then why are you taking on this potential headache? You know, mm-hmm. James Harden does did have some fantastic playoff performances, you know, this past go around, but those have also been few and far between. He's always had playoff issues. And is that something that you want to wholeheartedly embrace and feel like that you can figure out for an aging shooter? I just don't know at this point. I'm sure, like, there are value plays to be made for acquiring James Harden. And, you know, at the end of the day, this is a value game more than it is anything else. But at at also some point, you know, the playoff concerns are very much there. And yeah, again, had a couple of good performances, but it's never been consistent. Never been. It's been weird that it's never been consistent, but that's the reality.
2: Meanwhile, I want to get to this story over the weekend. Dirk Nowitzki, Tony Parker, Powell Gasol, and Dwayne Wade inducted, enshrined into the Hall of Fame. Take a listen to Dwayne Wade.
0: Pops, would you please stand? I started this off thanking you, and I want to end it the same way. I owe you a debt of gratitude that I'll never be able to repay. When I would cry and say, I can't, you made me go harder. You pushed me to limits that I didn't know were inside of me. The hard work I put in was because I didn't want to let you down. Those countless hours in the backyard, we would compete against each other like strangers. It built me to last. Those days that turned into late nights of me working on my left hand, so it was just as good as my right, it made me an unstoppable force. That time you got kicked out of the game as my coach and snuck back in the side door and coached me from the stands just to get kicked out again. It showed me that there was no limitations on how you would show up for me. It's the exact same way I try to show up for my kids.
2: I love that. That Mm -hmm. was awesome.
1: That's great. Paying
2: tribute to his dad. What a guy. But yeah, there was a lot of great speeches. Dirk had some great comments. Uh, Pau Gasol Mm -hmm. paying tribute to Kobe Bryant saying he wouldn't be here without him. Nice class enshrined in the Hall of Fame over the weekend.
1: That is an amazing class when you think about it. Like Becky Hammond also being a part of that group, uh, someone who very much deserves a chance to be a head coach in the NBA. It it was a very, very talented group. Uh, You know, Pop being in there. You mentioned Dwayne Wade. Like that is a who's who for the Basketball Hall of Fame. And they're all rightly deserving of enshrinement.
0: That's for sure. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, Aaron Schatz has his NFL season preview out now. We will get his insights for his Super Bowl predictions and beyond right here on the BetQL Network.